Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. One more thing before we start this episode. Uh, I have been cooped up uh, w w this winter. It has been a, a crazy winter, uh, to say the least, between uh, personal emergencies uh, to, to crazy weather that we've been having. We've been having ups and downs. I'm sure it's been the same way in your neck of the woods. Uh, and I'm just really eager to head out there and plant some unofficial Fuji Love photo walks. And I'd like to just head out there, meet the listeners. If you're interested in doing some kind of laid back photography, you know, we'll walk around a town or a city or, 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 you know, places of interest, you know, and you're in the New England area, send me a message to, fujilovefeedback at gmail.com and right now I'm just gauging an interest to see who would be interested in going again I, I might do a photo walk in Portland Maine one day and maybe do another one in uh, Boston uh, I might do one in Worcester and I'm looking to do something in like around springtime early summer midsummer uh, basically before weddings overtake my life <laughs> and my time. Um, but I wanted to see if anybody would be interested. If you are, again, that's fujilovefeedback at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll hang out, uh, take some photos, have fun. And uh, yeah, let me know if uh, any audience members would be interested. Uh, that's all. Enjoy the show. My guest this week is a very special guest. Uh, he is an amazing filmmaker, but most of all, he is going to the moon. <laughs> and I am thrilled to to bring on Brandon Hall. Brandon, you're going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I I am. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel real uh, for me to say it either. But uh, yeah, I I'm going to the moon. So you're one of the one of the seven uh, artists who uh, was accepted by the the Dear Moon project uh, that is being uh, put together by uh, the the billionaire. Uh, why, why can't I remember his name? Yeah, Yusaku Maizawa. Yeah. Maizawa, that's right. And he, he is also going to be uh, part of the crew crew team, right? Yeah, he will be. You know, and a fun fact about him, too, is he went to the International Space Station for eight days on a, another lunar tourism mission. So he's actually a, a spacefaring billionaire as well as just, you know, an entrepreneur that dreamed up this moon project, too, which I think is pretty cool. So he's uh, so so he does a little thing uh, or two about 
space travel rocketry. He was on the Soyuz, right? Yeah, and he trained for some months too, uh, both in, in Russia, you know, with the cosmonauts, and yep. internationally too. Because in the ISS, to go to different corridors, the U.S., Europe, you have to train at their stations, and so. It's pretty cool. Like what I tell people is it's one thing for someone to have money and want to go around the moon, but it's another for them to have kind of put their their time, you know, and effort and risk into training. And uh, we were there when he launched uh, in Baikonur in Kazakhstan and saw his rocket <laughs> disappear into the clouds. So I was like, you know what? That's the guy I'm putting my trust into, you know, not just someone who has this, this big vision with money, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and so... So let, let's um, start with why you chose to uh, enter the, the the project. Like, what, what you're, you're sitting there? The project is announced. What 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 was that feeling of signing up for it? Like, what was behind the mindset? And then, what was it like to be actually selected? Oh man, yeah. Well, so. I mean, for people who don't know me, is I, I make documentary films. I've always been kind of an everything person. I direct, I'm a cinematographer, I'm an editor. And I particularly, in the middle of college, found this love for nature through being in national parks and being hiking that made me like fully dedicated and, and full of wonder and just wanting to share that through my work. And over time, what I do now is I do a lot of travel-based work, <clears throat> and it's all centered kind of around human stories in nature and in places of like how can spending time with someone, following them on a journey, seeing their personal transformation connect you to a place, uh, a landscape, more than just beautiful nature images, you know, with like a classic <laughs> voiceover or something like that. So like, yeah. what, what gets me really passionate is trying to share the awe and wonder of travel, of being outside, of kind of finding your own path and whatever lies outside our comfort zones, you know, I think is so cool. And so that's like all of the, the love and wonder and just passion that came through my work before I even knew Dear Moon was a thing. And I really, the way I saw it was I just found an article online one day saying that this Japanese entrepreneur had just opened the call for submissions for these eight people he's going to bring around the moon. And so it actually wasn't something I pre-planned, something I had thought about much ahead of time. I just went, it seemed too impossible to be real, but I just thought immediately, God, can you just imagine a film about a crew of civilians a crew of artists getting to go and have this experience. And so applying that was in my mind and kind of through the first interviews and things, what I was telling them is that we are, we are these kind of people who are, are creatives and our whole passion is uh, seeing the world around us and feeling things and um, just having that sensitivity. Like, can you imagine how this kind of group is going to react to an experience like this? Uh, and then that selection process was a whole year long. I mean, it, we could talk this whole podcast about it, but the gist is that uh, it started with an online application. I did a couple written responses, and then there was a video submission. So I created a one-minute video uh, just talking about my work, showing you know images of nature and people and how I'd want to create a documentary about this experience and then over the course of that year, it turned into Zoom interviews, a Zoom group interview with other candidates where we were doing like kind of tasks together to see how we 
work as a team, how we're creative. Uh, it turned into a medical examination at UCLA Hospital, which is when it started getting really real for me. Yeah, I got like tens of thousands of dollars probably of medical examinations and they were scanning my heart and my spine and my chest. And this whole time I had to keep it pretty secret. Like we couldn't tell anyone aside from very close friends or family. And so that's when it started getting a little real. It was like mid 2021 where I'm like flown out to California. I'm getting these medical exams through uh, SpaceX essentially at the UCLA hospital and then I come home and I can't even really talk about it to most people in my life. <laughs> They're like, what did you do last week? And I was like, ah, oh, we just took a nice trip to California. Um, just tell then, them you had a great HMO. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and then through that year, that turned into a big kind of in-person meetup in Houston with some of the candidates where we did interviews and things all the way through the selection at the end of that year. And you asked how I felt. I just, man, it was crazy. The, the way they told us was, they said, hey, uh, MZ, which is what uh, Yusaku Maizawa kind of goes by publicly, is um, he wants to do just the last interview with you, ask some questions, uh, just really vet you one more time as we make our final decisions. And I turned on Zoom, you know, my lighting was ready, my room was ready. Uh, and it's just him sitting there in a sweatshirt when the Zoom frame comes up. And it's usually his whole team. And we kind of caught up for a second. And he said, do you want to know the results of Dear Moon? And I was like, of course, yeah. And time just kind of paused, you know? It's kind of like that moment on American Idol where they're about to announce the winner or something. Yeah. Know that in that like little space of time, you're about to hear something that's going to completely change the course of your life. And he said, I would like you to join me. Would you want to be a crew member of this mission? And I just fell back in my chair and I, I couldn't believe it. And my girlfriend was listening through the door and when the zoom call ended, like I'm in tears, she's in tears. And, uh, it, it just began what's been this already amazing kind of journey of, of this whole thing. So, uh, it, it was a lot and it's a long winded one, but it was so much, even the condense it's, it's been quite the journey so far. Wow. And so, Oh man. So how, how does your girlfriend feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> she's honestly so excited. She's been a huge support. Uh, her name's Gabby and she's a filmmaker as well. And so awesome. um, not only has she been supportive, but she's producing this project with me. She's been filming a lot of it and especially parts of my story. I filmed with some other crew members already. And so she's been awesome. Um, and that was a pretty important part of this whole process was during the selection phase, especially around like those medical exams. And when I could tell it was maybe a top 20 or 30, I, I had some real conversations with Gabby, with my family, my friends and said, look, if I'm going to do this, like we got to all, you know, be supportive and be, be into it. I want you to be supportive of it too. And, um, now is the time to really think about the, the stakes of all this. So by the time I was selected, I was kind of all in, you know, I had yeah. those hard decisions. So, so, what what are the stakes uh, here? Like what 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 is going to be involved with you uh, taking flight from the moment the the rocket leaves to to coming back down to Earth? What what is that time scale like? What, what, how how long is the journey going to be? Yeah, so the whole journey is just about seven days. Um, it's three days to the moon. You know, you go around and see the dark side or far side of the moon and then see earth rise if the conditions are right on the other side uh, and then three days back 
And so this whole process is all just for that one week trip. And there's tons of risks, you know, with space flight, with being on a ship floating through space and debris and fuel and all that sort of stuff. But SpaceX has a really amazing track record and they're going to test this rocket like crazy before they fly. Yeah. Um, but so like the physical risks, of course, are significant. But, you know, I think like in the, for the sake of this audience in this podcast, as a creative, what was interesting to me were the creative risks where it's the golden ticket, right? Like you're signing up for this thing that is just beyond your wildest belief. It has the chance to really increase your visibility, increase your career. But at the same time, you're like kind of signing up um, to be a part of a crew and a part of a mission that's bigger than you that you can't entirely control and create work around that kind of surrender to whatever has in store. And so I would say part of the risk also is just creatively is, is saying, yes, I'm going to devote many, many months of my time, my public presence, um, my kind of putting my work out there in this way and taking the leap to say, this is still, you know, maybe the most amazing thing I could do with my life and my creative career. And so that was, that was tough to decide too. you know, it's easy to just say, yeah, I'm just, hands down going to do it. Let's go for the moon. Let's jump in. But uh, I really value kind of like my art and my work too. And I think all of us on the crew do as well, which, which makes us, I'd like to think, you know, creatives that are a good fit for this, that we have a lot of integrity. We really care about what we're doing and um, figuring out how to translate that, you know, is going to be a part of the process too. Yeah. Eight people on board. Um, You have, uh, I, I, I believe some, uh, some of them are, uh, musicians. Um, uh, uh, one is a athlete, I, I, I believe. Um, but you're going to be there with other, uh, photographers. Uh, you're, you're going to be there with, uh, Tim Dodd, everyday astronaut who, uh, this is my God, this is his wheelhouse. If ever there was one. Um, yeah. Are you looking to, um, how, how is that going to be with the creative process? Are you doing some sort of, uh, are you all planning some sort of collaboration or is this going to be, you know, individual projects that are, coinciding with one another as you're all experiencing this together. Uh, what is that process like in planning uh, what you have in mind? Yeah, it's a great question. So we're still developing kind of together what the crossover is going to be. And I think all of us agree that there are some kind of project or group projects that would be really amazing to work on as a team. And then ultimately, with our individual art, we want the whole to be greater than the sum of its parts, right? So yeah. each of us kind of has a lane, and each of us has uh, a kind of art, a kind of voice that we're, we're best at, and we contribute most strongly. I mean, one crew member, Yemi, um, he's Czech Nigerian, and his whole thing's around movement and unlocking creativity through the body, through dance and movement. Whereas Rian and Adam from the UK uh, takes, you know, very humanistic film portrait photography. She's one of the probably foremost experts on like Polaroid photography and analog and 
um, she has a really cool perspective in herself. And the same way I want to try to make my unique art of, of filmmaking and say, how do I take kind of the awe and wonder and the work I've done already and translate that to this in a way that only I could. Uh, and I think for all of us, that's one of the marks of like great art, right? That only that artist could have done it in that way. And, and the same with Tim is, is my God, that man has a gift for <laughs> educating and inspiring people um, and teaching rocket science in a way that's just digestible that people really love. And so uh, it's like, how do we each bring that to the table? And then totally, we're, we want to make a really cool group project or some kind of collaboration. And yeah, I'm just honored, man. It's so cool to be amongst these folks. And um, I've already learned so much just seeing their ways of life and the way they approach all of this, you know? So it's been super cool. When do you have envisioned an outline uh, as far as like what you can, what you can, uh, what you're allowed to bring and what you're not allowed to bring um, as far as like equipment goes? Uh, are you looking, do you, do you know what to, expect visually in, in your journey for example uh you're, you're obviously you're going to see the moon but like what what are your visual limitations as far as uh ob- observing uh, how much time do you have to put all of that I- I- into effect uh so you th- that you could get your shots um and, and then, you know, as the, the craft returns, you know, what are some other uh, key visuals that are, 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 are you looking forward to seeing that you might be able to see? Like, wh- wh- what is it that the craft allows you to, uh, to, to basically see? Yeah. So, so, so there's a lot at you there. <laughs> questions are going to be very important questions for me to figure out as time goes on too. Cause like basically, so and yeah, you, this is all in the planning stage. I totally get, um, well, when is the, the rocket actually taking off? Yeah. So that's, that's exactly what I was going to get to first is, um, the original kind of announcement, you know, target date was sometime end of 2023. I mean, that's still, I think, the official timeline SpaceX has. But if you were to, you know, look into the space community, look into other opinions on it, I think a lot of people would estimate it could happen, you know, a couple years later, you know, even even later potentially. Just yeah. the nature of space flight, um, it's really unpredictable. It could happen this year. It could happen next year. Um, we just we just don't know. So the rocket is still very much under development in that sense. But yep. what I think is really cool is that i mean starships being designed first of all to also uh do nasa's next moon landing with the artemis 3 mission so yes the flying is kind of in this really cool pipeline of space age development and then also uh the payloads are going to be greater by many many times than what anyone's ever been able to bring up into orbit and especially around the moon so this ship's going to be designed to take up to a hundred people into deep space, you know, out to Mars. And what I'm excited for from an equipment standpoint is there is a good chance that all of us will get payloads uh, that we can bring with us that are greater than what's ever been done before. But what's really interesting from a, I think from an equipment perspective is like 
I have a friend who's a, a cinematographer filming the Artemis mission. Uh, and she was telling me, she was like, uh, cameras, you get radiation on the sensor and these, these astronauts are up there and these, you know, floating ships that have limited power that have limited capacity. Every, you know, fraction of an ounce matters. So, you, you charging your laptop or charging your batteries or every single piece of equipment you're using, memory cards transferring onto a computer, it has significant implications. And so um, I'm excited to see what are the most compact kind of camera rigs and options uh, to bring up there and, and to capture like that. And something I really like that I think you were hinting at is that balance of filming versus just experiencing it. Uh, which, you know, I feel deeply that as part of experiences like this and some of the travel experiences I've gotten to have, like the reason I get to have that and be there is to, to film that and communicate that and share it with people. But I want to make sure, too, I preserve even just like a little moment to sit and reflect and, and let that let that sink in, you know, of being up there. So and then back to Earth, like you asked, that's just going to be a process, I think, of of continuing to be with our crew members and seeing how they're going to change, seeing how our lives uh, are impacted, you know? And I think that all of us through our, through our art and storytelling, like we sometimes seek, uh, seek questions about our lives and deeper questions about, you know, looking for risk, looking for fulfillment, looking for uh, how we experience things. So I'm excited to just see myself like, how do I feel when I return from this just as like a person that's back to my everyday life and responsibilities and everything. So, I mean, I, I could only imagine like the, the processing everything you're, you're going to be for, for one week, you're going to be weightless. You're going to be, um, in small, relatively small. Well, although, the roomiest it's ever been uh, compared to other space flights. Totally. Um, but you will be uh, in one encapsulated area with, uh, with, with your new friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to be, uh, everything is going to be, I, I can only imagine that everything is going to be different from, from the moment you're eating, the moment you're, you have to, relieve yourself <laughs> like yeah. everything is just such a <laughs> yeah such a process like like everything is going to be so different and then coming back to earth and 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 uh just yeah i would imagine that you're 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 going to need some time to 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 just you know mentally uh process take it all in um from as I was thinking about it, if I were selected, the, the, the two big things that I would be looking forward to uh, would, of course, is the moon. But the other thing that I would be more uh, – that, that would even potentially overshadow that is seeing the Earth from such a huge distance, kind of like – the the Hasselblad images that were uh, that were given to us by by the Apollo missions, where you, you have the, the 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 moon in the foreground and the Earth just being a small blue dot, like 
that, I mean, you're essentially seeing everybody in existence right there, right then and now. Minus you, <laughs> because you're on board the ship. It's, it's yeah. like that. That has got to be a profound thing that you're looking forward to seeing as well. Oh, oh, of course, yeah. And I think that they've studied it. You know, it's called the overview effect, and it's that way that with, with astronauts and folks that've been up in space, how, how it changes you psychologically. You know, you have people that were were quite atheist and became more spiritual, or people that had some level of grief uh, looking back at the earth. Like William Shatner described it really well. He looked into this like black abyss beyond the spaceship and then looked back at earth and saw this like beautiful little fragile planet and felt this profound sense of grief of what we've done to our ecosystems and our world and our, you know, uh, lack of empathy for one another and wars. And uh, that's going to be powerful. But I think something really like special about all that is how much, imagery has played a part in all of this right like even you talking about those those images and seeing earth and seeing the moon or the blue dot or the moon landing itself is all that's filmmaking that's photography like that is the way that we actually brought these experiences back to people and so that's what i'm just so proud to be a part of you know and um it just i think kind of speaks to the importance of image making and in, in visual art of like we wouldn't have those experiences in our minds if it weren't for photographers, weren't for filmmakers. So, uh, yeah, that just, that gets me so excited, you know? It, I mean, it, it just baffles the mind. Um, like, like I, I am, I, when I was little, uh, astronomy was such a big, part of my life uh I, I remember being in third and fourth grade and uh around that time uh, we you know we as children in my in my age demographic <laughs> um we we were all like taken aback one because we we kind of lived through the whole uh challenger disaster which mm-hmm. was uh, not, I mean, I, I don't mean to put fright in you. <laughs> no, I've, I've don't, don't worry. I've had people ask me very directly about all that. It's yeah. It's no biggie. Yeah. No, but totally. Uh, that was an important moment. And those, those folks gave up so much for that, that legacy, you know, and that heritage and took that ultimate kind of risk and sacrifice. And I, I walked, I was in, so I've been doing some research even before I was, finally selected at the different space centers. And I was at Cape Canaveral at Kennedy Space Center and walked through kind of like the Challenger Memorial Wing, you know, and saw artifacts from the different folks uh, that were involved. And that, that was powerful. That, that was important for me to kind of weigh in my mind before all of this. You know, I don't think I'd have done my due diligence if I didn't think kind of about all these these factors ahead of time. So that's just to say, like, yeah. A totally fair mention and, and an important one too. I can't imagine growing up, you know, during that era quite in that way too. It was, yeah. It, 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 I mean, now it, it, you know, it was so many years apart from it, it, it it's uh, it, you know, it, it, a lot of that is faded. But the, that that first initial uh, shock it was uh, it. it 
I think it really changed my direction uh, in some ways because uh, shortly after that, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I wasn't as interested in uh, astronomy. Um, and I, and I, and now I'm seeing this in, in my son who is uh, now in, in the same kind of uh, age area who is now super interested in astronomy and uh, I am doing everything I can to, you know, to, to, you know, put air on that flame. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and he knows so much more than I could have possibly imagined, uh, you, you know, back then, you know, now he's, you know, he's talking about black holes, accretion disks. And, and I'm like, all right, all right, slow down, slow down. I need to catch up with, <laughs> catch up with you. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I I just want him to keep that sense of wonder uh, where I you know I potentially uh, lost it uh, in some ways, um, and so I've been trying to keep my kids interested in what's happening with uh, Dear Moon because one my my daughter who's big into art is interested in seeing uh, what what comes out of. Uh, artists that that are going to make things from this project and and, you know my son being into uh astronomy you know i want him to be uh as you know taken by this uh, as as me um yeah i I didn't have a question there i just i was just babbling (laughs) no i and that that means a lot to me like that's so special like both the fact that and, you know, you're letting them see this mission and gives us perspective on that. Like, we do want to create a good example and be good role models and get get both your kids and folks like you, too. Just like that wonder and excitement of doing this, because I, I couldn't believe more that this is so worth it and so necessary to explore and to feel wonder and to look up at what I hope we continue our unpolluted night skies and kids just have like a magic way of keeping that innocence I feel like. And, um, I'm glad that you're, you're feeling it again too. You know, I, I totally get that. And, um, I just hope that we continue to, you know, inspire all you guys and create really good work. And, uh, what I'm just so excited about with this too, is just that question, those deeper questions you're getting at of like, why do we do this? Why do we get on ships and, you know, shoot ourselves beyond? Why do we push so hard to create art? And why do we, you know, try to communicate these stories? Like, uh, space just tends to bring up these deeper questions that I think are really valuable for all of us. So I think William Shatner said it best in Star Trek because it's there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Um, so as this project moves forward, uh, is there things that you're recording right now that, that uh, will be used in your final grand project? And are you also doing any kind of smaller projects to share with uh, the world kind of like on a, uh, on a smaller scale, like not necessarily meant for, uh, feature length, but like maybe like something for YouTube or something. 
Yeah. So I'm still developing some of that too, but me and then my girlfriend, Gabby, we've both been filming quite a bit of my personal journey through all of this, even just like on iPhones, you know, as I'm telling my friends and family, the selection news and during, you know, some of the processes of selection and the moment that I was selected, like all of that we, we have, and we're capturing on my side, both for whatever film project I'm working on, but also just as a personal record of this kind of weird and amazing and surreal experience I've been through, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as well as starting already to film, you know, with some crew members and things. And so, uh, just excited to keep documenting that for sure. Um, yeah. And to answer your question about just how it's going to unfold over time is absolutely. And in this age of social media and live streams, and uh, I think people are really like chewing on, you know, short form content in ways more strongly than they have ever before. And so I'm excited to, uh, create shorter bits in smaller pieces that keep people along for the ride. Cause I really am excited to create a film that takes people on this journey and kind of uh, looks into some of these deeper questions we're talking about, about life and art and risk and all that stuff. But I also think that like over time, bringing people along for the process is really important too. And so um, definitely, you know, and I see these different mediums as, uh, telling different stories. So I'm really excited through social media, maybe some short form pieces to keep telling stories so that ideally collectively, anyone who's interested in this has actually seen some of the process before we're going up there and can kind of feel it with us when, when we're going along for the ride too. So when, you know, between now and, uh, whenever launch is going to be, what are some of the things that you are required to 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 keep up like uh i imagine that physically you have to remain in a uh, certain condition um and, and likewise what you know let, let, let's focus on the physical part before we focus on any kind of like uh gear preparation or anything like that uh like what what, what do you have to do to remain in rocket shape. (laughs) I love that term rocket shape. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you know, I, I wish I had exact answers on that right now, but that's all going to be developed as part of training, you know, part of the plan that leads up to this, which will happen once the launch date is a little more secure and some major developments have been made. I mean, so next month, as soon as next month, uh, or May, SpaceX is going to have its first orbital launch of Starship. So without a crew, they're going to test the ship and try to launch it from Earth and orbit it and land it again, um, which is a huge milestone that will really help set the timeline of all of this if it's a success uh, versus, you know, there are mistakes made or uh, failures of the technology they need to work on. Um, so unfortunately, like all the training in, in rocket shape is going to happen uh, once we have that set. But also I will say, I know myself and having spoken with the other crew members, we're all kind of in that zone of uh, trying to start taking care of our mind, our bodies a bit better, starting to exercise more um, and and just kind of be the most energetic uh, and fit and ready people that we can be, you know? So right now it's more, (laughs) more free form. I I do plenty of, uh, you know, fast food runs and things that I would not qualify as rocket ready, but I think (laughs) I'm, I'm excited for that journey too, you know? 
so speaking of the mind, are, are, are you doing any uh, training mentally? Uh, because you will be in close proximity with uh, people for, uh, 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 I mean, a whole week. It may not seem like a lot, but it kind of it turns out to be a lot if you're <laughs> all in one room <laughs> yeah trust um, me I've, I've taken just road trips with people i'd rather not be there with and that alone is enough to uh make you go crazy sometimes i think so uh, being enclosed in a rocket is definitely high risk but yeah i think uh i'm actually i started doing therapy for the first time as this process and the announcement was unfolding uh just to like you know reflect and check in every week on myself and kind of uh, dig deeper into all of this and the stresses in my own life. So I am as like, you know, thoughtful and uh, understanding of where I'm coming from as I can be. Uh, and then I also just try to take time to process it all right now. You know, I think as a filmmaker and making documentaries, especially ones where I'm just constantly meeting new people, traveling with new people, brought into, you know, little worlds, whether they're very claustrophobic and combined confined spaces or filming in more remote and extreme environments. Uh, I've gotten used to being around a lot of different kinds of people. And my job has always been more to be a bit invisible, to be a fly in the wall and uh, to kind of bounce off people's energies and, and connect with them uh, to tell that story. So I would think and hope that that puts me in a really good place on this mission to be around everyone, you know, where my kind of MO and the work that I make is less around being some big alpha leader, having the strongest voice in the room and more being witness to what happens. So I, uh, I'm excited for that. And so I'd argue that mental training has just happened over years with my work too. Uh, and then both of my parents are psychologists actually, which is kind of, <laughs> and so, uh, through them, you know, I think from a younger age, I learned a lot about the different kind of uh, baggage and perspectives that everyone brings into life. You know, we've all been through stuff. We all have these personalities, uh, dynamic brains that are going to react really differently. So uh, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. My God, it's like you were made for this mission. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, you know, and I think uh, I'm just excited to to create work and to like to see what happens, you know, I'm just so proud every day to be part of it. And it just gets me so motivated to, to keep working at it. So your parents are going to have like the best bragging rights ever. Yeah. <laughs> my doctor, my, my, my son presided over the Supreme court. You know, my, my son went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> they, they deserve it, man. They've been so supportive of my filmmaking and my career and, you know, that's one of the things that I try not to take for granted is they said, you know, go to film school. They, they, they were very comfortable with me traveling and having some of these experiences. So, man, I, I just owe them so much and owe so much to the people that have supported me along the way that like, you know, I'd love to be a good, a good brag for them in my hometown or something. I don't know. They just point up, see that he went there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you're going to see the part of the moon that no one gets to see. You're going to see like the, the, the behind the scenes moon. <laughs> yeah. I actually just learned this, that we call it the, the dark side, but it's actually more the far side. Um, cause, cause the moon does get light on all sides, but it's, 
rotation is the same as its orbit around the Earth, essentially. So we always see the same part of it. Yeah, it's yeah. tidally locked. Yeah, so oh. it's it's going to be, uh, man, yeah, we're going to see the far side of the moon. I mean, God. And um, what? Uh, how much during that time that, oh, you don't know exactly when you're going to be. Because, yeah, all right, I just answered my own question there. <laughs> you know, I, I, is the trip planning on making sure that visibility is primary or is it uh, planning on when the best available launch time is and whatever it is, is? Um, I, I couldn't say, but I'm sure that like the – mission safety and the launch windows and all of that are probably going to be, I'd imagine the priority safety wise, but you know, what I think is cool is like SpaceX is designing this for civilians, for passengers, aside from just the science. And I'd imagine that they're going to design really kind of juicy and exciting uh, ways to, to look out, you know, big windows and clear viewpoints and, keeping i think both our perspectives and image making in mind with all that stuff so and it's kind of a sidebar but something i think is really cool about all this is like spacex and some of these other companies i think for example they brought in a hollywood costume designer to help design their spacesuits they've you're not going to use the regular spacex ones no, those those regular ones, they they worked with actual kind of costume designers and things as they considered the aesthetic of what they were working on. And the prototypes of rockets, they want them to look futuristic and they want them to look beautiful as well as be, you know, functional for all the stuff. And a lot of that's inspired by science fiction and the ways that we've come to understand rockets and the way that we've dreamed up you know, Star Trek and what spaceflight looks like. Yeah. It's kind of a sidebar, but I think it's cool that we actually kind of like wrote our own history through fiction is we created these science fiction films. They had these spacesuits, these rockets. We've imagined how that's going to look. And then in this new era of private spaceflight, they're actually designing some of this stuff based on what we envisioned would be really cool. So it's kind of this like, you know, art imitates life sort of dynamic where we, we wrote a little bit of our own future, which I personally, I just find that fascinating, you know? You're going to look such a badass in that space uh, flight gear. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> um, better hire a photographer just so you can get all that, <laughs> take it all in. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm going to try to enjoy that moment as best I can. You know, I'm excited because you're going to have to quarantine for, uh, in addition to the, the, the one week of actual flight, you, you are also going to need to quarantine for like a couple weeks with, with your crew, just so uh, you, you're all safe and uh, flight worthy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's the sort of thing where that's not a, a public comment based on what I know about our process, but every space flight, civilian space flight I've seen involves that period of quarantine. So, Yeah. Um, but you'll have much more room <laughs> as opposed to uh, the actual flight. Yeah. I think they're going to be some, uh, some good facilities for the quarantine. Yeah. Um, what, um, is there anything else that you want to add to 
the the Dear Moon project, like that that you're able to talk about that I may have missed. I mean, right now my mind is just like so many ideas are just trying to <laughs> hit the 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 exit room to 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 ask you questions. I mean, I yeah. could probably keep going on and on, but I, I, do, I understand that things are still in process. Uh, things are very likely to change as far as certain details. Um, the, again, the, the rocket is still in development. Uh, your, your ride is still being worked on. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just that something that I think not everyone realizes about this moment that we're in is, I mean, Cape Canaveral has three SpaceX launches a week and other companies going and, uh, rocketry is just this era of space exploration is evolving every single day. And people liken it, you know, to like the dawn of aviation where uh, the first planes were being created and there's this huge deal. And then all of a sudden you have what we have today where planes are leaving all the time and private jets and commercial space flight. And um, I think we're really in that era where my kids or my grandkids will look back on this moon mission and not even think it's that crazy because it's going to be happening all the time for so many different people. And so from a camera perspective, as a filmmaker, photographer, just kind of artist, I'm really excited that so many thousands more people will get to have this perspective too and translate it into their work. And so uh, that's what I'd say to anyone that's listening is just that this is the very beginning and our goal is to to learn as much as we can, you know, take any successes, any mistakes, and then kind of open up the door for so many other people to have these experiences. And if people like your kids are dreaming of doing this, I would say that that is more possible than it's ever been in, in human history. And uh, I'm just incredibly lucky to be one of those first people. But I think that's a really cool framework, you know, as we think about the future of this technology, the future of artistry, uh, I just can't wait to see other people do this too. So, I mean, you're going to be one of the first people on a vehicle that will have the potential to go anywhere in our solar system. If I understand the 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 yeah. the the actual thing that he he was saying about the uh, the, the rocket. It's I mean the the payload the 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 vastness of it the 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 giganticness of it uh, if that's even a word um, I mean that you're 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 going to be while it's so grand right now ten years from now twenty years from now it will just be it would just mark the beginning of what is to come and what we'll all be able to see potentially. It's uh yeah. I mean, that's a, such a beautiful framing of it. And I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Starship and ships like it are going to be what gets us to Mars and going to be what gets us beyond too. So I'm definitely just so honored to be a part of that whole thing and doing my best, you know, all of us to create a blueprint for how this can be done and try our, our best at, you know, setting a good precedent for some of this. So, and again, I, I, I think they picked an amazing filmmaker in you, uh, to be able to capture this because 
again, I've uh, I've just been introduced to your work, and I'm only scratching the surface uh, as far as like what what I'm uh, what I've been able to watch and, and uh, have access to, and and everything. You have worked with some uh, great documentaries, uh, doing cinematography for. Bill Nye, the Science Guy's PBS documentary, uh, Apple TV's uh, Red Heaven, um, and let's not forget that you have, um, I I don't know when it's coming out or if if it's soon to be coming out, your very own feature length documentary out there, A National Park Story. Yeah. Um, Let's let's start with out there because this looks like a great uh, kind of like you were t- you're talking about like what you were envisioning with uh, how you're going to approach the the your your moon story. You're, you're talking about personal experiences and, and the beauty of the national parks. Uh, this documentary already the trailer has been hitting me in the feels Um, so exciting and this um, is i'm in man i'm in mega crunch time right now too because we actually finish the film next week so this is the this is the end point yeah i appreciate you checking it out oh so are you finished filming and it's editing or are, are you're still doing some more filming yeah so we are actually which i'm very excited for uh, premiering uh, at the Florida Film Festival on April 16th uh, at the Enzian Theater. Um, and yeah, it's our world premiere in Florida. So we are doing the coloring right now, the color kind of uh, grade and the sound mix and finalizing graphics. And it's a feature length film. Like you said, it's 75 minutes. Uh, I directed it. I shot it, you know, just traveled with my friend Anthony and made it. And I edited the whole thing as well, which has been definitely the biggest creative challenge of my life. And um, But I learned so much about filmmaking through making this film. And the whole premise of it is uh, me and my friend Anthony road tripping through the national parks um, <clears throat> in a summer once we graduated college. Uh, and we kind of thought it'd be all about the landscapes and all about just taking a road trip what we started realizing is that there's all these amazing human stories of people that you meet along the way. And so the film uh, is about kind of telling the stories of some people in the national parks who really embody those landscapes. We talked to a trail builder in Acadia that's been there since the seventies, a native American storyteller and speaker in Glacier, a French Vietnamese photographer in Yosemite, and then a female solo backpacker in the Redwoods. And that film is, yeah, it definitely parallels some with this moon project as it's, it took a long time for me to make it's, we first filmed some of it in 2016. And then you'll see when you see the film, uh, it comes very like kind of full circle into life uh, more recently too. And I'm just very proud of it. You know, my whole experience about, falling in love with nature through the national parks and on wonder and realizing that people who embody kind of these landscapes tell the stories in ways that you just connect to really deeply. All of that is, is in there. And this is my kind of attempt to, to show that love for the parks and show that love for the natural world. So 
I'm definitely excited, you know, and at the very least, it's a lot of big mountains and canyons and Milky Ways and grizzly bears and time lapses. And uh, I'll be excited to hear what you think, because it's been a, a major labor of love. So when will this be available to the public again? We don't have an exact date in terms of distribution, uh, just because we're just beginning our festival run. Although um, we are going to start looking at screenings and things. Uh, our website will be outthere.film uh, or my website or my Instagram, I guess, is best is Brendan Film, B-R-E-N-D-A-N. And yeah, we'll be posting updates. We're going to be dropping a trailer somewhat soon, a proper trailer and uh, starting to screen around the country in not too long. So our goal is to bring it to parks and under night skies uh, and to different cities, both in film festivals and community screenings. So it'll, it'll be screening and we'll hope to see as many people as we can in, in nature, you know, to just absorb it and, and geek out about how amazing it is <laughs> being in beautiful places. I can't wait to see it. This, this is, uh, this, this looks amazing and uh, I'll try to see it wherever it's, playing uh maybe there's somebody gonna hook me up with a review copy <laughs> um wink yeah. wink uh but seriously it's I, I i can't wait to see this this, this is gonna be really cool um man brendan i can i could keep talking to you we haven't even scratched the surface of your uh of, of your career uh <laughs> we've only just touched the tip of the iceberg uh, and I would love to have you back on whenever, you, whenever things uh, cool down for you, uh, schedule wise. Um, you know, just to talk about your other projects. You know how you got into to filming. Uh, like, the, there's just so much more that I want to know, uh, and I would love to have you back on sometime to to talk shop about that. Yeah, no, no, let's do it, Mark. And I, I really do appreciate the interest and in taking the time. And yeah, once you get a chance to check out the film, eventually never hesitate to reach out. And I think too, for, for your audience, once I have some more info on some of our camera technology and kind of the inside excitement with the moon stuff from that perspective, it'd be a lot of fun to, to geek out more. So yeah, just remember the X 100 V is going to be a great compact camera to take a few videos and photos. So, you know, just throwing the Fuji love in there for you. Totally. totally. And I, I love the Fuji look, man, and the color space. And yeah, I think, yeah, very excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, excellent. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, before, before we go, uh, why don't you tell the world where they could find you on the web just so they can keep up with you? Yeah, I think definitely my Instagram. So it's just Brendan Film, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, or my name, brendanhall.com. Uh, so yeah, say hello. Um, give me a follow. I'd love to see your work too. And um, that's where I'll be posting all this stuff until we build out our social media for the Parks film and everything else. So Perfect. Uh, great having you on, and we'll, 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 we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Yeah, take care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fujilove Magazine. 
For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.